This is Bliss Oasis. Change your thinking, change your life. Welcome again to Bliss Oasis Africa, where we tell the untold stories of everyday people. At Bliss Oasis, we believe that everyone has a story, and we go out there giving them opportunities to tell it. And some of the stories can be hilarious, heart-rending, inspiring, and educative. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Patrick Ngogi. to our 14th episode where we feature Christine Kamasi, a 50-year-old lady who has decided not to let her past haunt her and spoil her future. In fact, she's using that past to assist young girls who could be undergoing the hell she lived through. She was barely 10 years old when she started menstruation. Since it has been regarded as a taboo in many communities to discuss matters to discuss matters regarding sexuality young christine had no one to turn to to explain to her what was happening to her body her stepmother only laughed at her mockingly while her grandmother could only use metaphors telling the little girl she should be aware of snakes she could not get help at school either since whenever the strange bleeding came the teacher sent her home where she only faced her stepmother's mockery and she would end up spending most of, most of her time hiding in the maize plantation. This continued to happen until one day a good Samaritan came along, a man who gave her soap, some pads and explained her how to use them and asked her to come to his shop every time she had the issue. Despite the great relief, Christine had, unbeknown to her innocent mind, started on a journey of frequent sexual abuse by the Good Samaritan and others who would have helped her. Christine now tells her story exclusively to Bliss Oasis podcast. Remain tuned and listen to her story right after our regular segment on personal development in which we discuss the topic feeling good. Welcome to our Living Magical Life series. Today we discuss feeling good. This talk is based on a book by Kate Coven entitled Magical Musings on the Law of Attraction. Welcome. How do you feel? Do you feel out of place? Confused? Disappointed? Sad? Remember, no one can make you feel bad without your permission. We usually feel bad because we are disconnected from the source of all happiness. This source of happiness is all good. Is all joy, is all bliss. This source of happiness is God. And as we know, 
God is good. This means that if God is good, then feeling good is feeling God. And it is obvious when we do not feel good, it feels like we are disconnected from God. And you cannot say you are going to feel good when such and such things happen. You cannot say you shall feel good when someone says yes to your needs or suggestions. Of course, you will be happy and perhaps satisfied, but feeling good does not have to wait until then because God will not come to you then. God is already with you. God is within your spirit already and to feel good you only have to connect with the source, spirit, inner being. You can have all you desire, all your dreams can come true, but you cannot but if you are not connected to the source, you will soon tire and get bored with the possessions you had craved for and amassed. That is why we are always yearning for more, even after getting what we thought would give us ultimate happiness, because we are disconnected to the source. The purpose of your journey through life is to seek for this connection, but we are always looking for it in possessions, relationships, alcohol, and even addictions. Feeling good or feeling good is not about possessions. It's about the joy of being connected to the source of all things, God. And the best way to feel God is to love yourself first, since God resides within your soul. That is where his kingdom is. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all others will be added to you. Learn to love yourself first so that you know how to love others and thereby spread the kingdom by loving them as you love yourself. And now let's relax and listen to the moving story of Christian Hamasi. Thank you. So, Christine, uh, okay. can you take, can you welcome, first of all, welcome to Bliss Oasis Africa. And we are very happy to have you with us. And i uh, mm-hmm. quite impressed by the kind of work you do, although I, we don't know so much of, of the things you do. But first of all, can you introduce mm-hmm. yourself? Tell us your full name and where you come from and a bit of your background. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Kelly Ratima, but uh, those who are my friends on Facebook, they call me Christian Hamasi yes. Sakali. Okay. I was born and yes, I was born and raised in Western Kakamega. Yeah. And I'm fifty. I'm fifty years old. Okay. I'm a, I'm a lawyer by tribe. All right. And mm-hmm. where are you living currently? Currently, I live along Kangundo Road in Nairobi. Okay. So tell us briefly, what do you do? What do you do in Nairobi? And uh, how long have you been in Nairobi? And what do you do in Nairobi? I've been in Nairobi since when I was uh, 13 years old. And uh, I've been uh, I'm married. I have children. I have grandchildren. Yeah. And I'm a tailor, a, a sewist. 
I mm. would say a tailor or a sewist. I do sanitary towels. I saw sanitary towels that are reusable. Oh. Yes. How how long have you been doing this? And what gave you the idea that you can be doing this kind of thing? Uh I've been doing this for the last uh for the last like 14 years. But okay. uh, professionally uh professionally I have done it for this is my 6th year. The other time I was just doing it just from passion, but now I'm yeah. doing it professionally. And uh, the reason why I started doing this it's because I faced a lot of menstrual challenges when I was growing up and yeah. that is what drove me to doing what I'm doing today. Okay, yes, Ella, we are going to come later to that project which you're doing. But briefly tell us about your background when where, where you went to school and now now those challenges that you're talking about that came up, you came across. You were born in Kakamega and you schooled uh, there. So Eregi, I'm born in Kakamega in a place village called Eregi. Eregi. And, uh, my yeah, Eregi. Mm-hmm. So my parents uh, divorced when I was only five years, and I had to stay with the relatives, and uh, it was uh, something that was not really good. So when I reached uh, the age of nine, my father got married, and I had a stepmother that I was living with. And uh, menstruation started early for me at the age of nine, ten. There, I started my period, and that is was too early for anybody to educate me about menstruation. At school, they had not uh, started telling us about it, and also the culture. I think the culture does not allow people to talk about it in public. So I really faced a lot of changes with that. And uh, I felt so bad because I never knew what had happened to me, and and nobody was willing to sit me down and tell me what uh, was happening. So those are kind of uh, the challenges that I faced, and uh, it was really bad. Like growing up, I had to face that challenges like for one year without having anything to manage my period, and uh, it was really a stressful moment for a young child. To go through that so it traumatized me so much and just having a courage as a, a girl growing up as a woman that thing had really brought me down so those are some of the challenges tell me, that i really faced yes yeah, tell me, tell me, you, you are your own mother had, had divorced with your dad and now you had a stepmother was it difficult for you to tell your stepmother what was happening to you was she aware what was happening so when my mother left and my dad was a policeman and uh, so he wasn't home. So when menstruation started, I was in school. Messed up my, uh, when my my when I messed up my clothes and the teacher asked me to go home. She didn't tell me the reason why I was going home. She just said go home. So when I went home, my mother, my stepmother saw me in that messy uh, place and she was like uh, why are you home? I told her I'm home because uh, the teacher said that I come. And uh, what happened to your clothes? I said, I don't know. Anytime I go to pee, uh, I see blood coming. And she laughed. She really laughed. You know that laughter of mockery? She laughed okay. in a mockery way that I didn't know why she was laughing. And she said like, oh, so you have started playing with boys. And I was like, I didn't 
because I was in a girls school so he said okay you go and take water and go to the river so I just started my normal routine as a girl getting water planting vegetables getting tired but I was still messy and she never said anything about that so she yeah. never assisted you in any way come again she never your stepmother never assisted or advised you in any way no 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 she never said anything she never said anything i slept like that in the morning i went to school again i was sent back home okay i started my routine and it was bad okay. because now i was smelling like a rot bad polesana <laughs> now and this happened to you for a whole year what happened after one year what happened what did things improve uh now what happened is that uh, every month now i realized that the next month because the other time i thought maybe something had beaten me maybe a snake has beaten me when i was uh going around the bush but now the next month it came and i was sent home again this time i didn't go home i went straight to the maize plantation and that is where i hide until in the evening that is when i came back home so it happened like for 3 to 4 months continuously and i was like this is something this is a sickness because nobody has up to that far nobody has tell me what is happening so yeah. i decided to go and visit my grandmother um the mother to my mother and tell her what i was going through and uh, the bad thing is that uh, because of the taboo issues and the culture she just tell me like uh, now you don't have to play with snakes if this has been happening don't play with snakes so i was like and how uh, how do i play with the snakes because we are not allowed even to play with the snakes so it happened so in real sense she was meaning that now i'm a big girl i know i, do, I shouldn't play with boys but now i just came to realize later on that that is what she meant so the challenge point. was bad because up to that moment uh i didn't have even have panties uh so to me my childhood was really stolen away from me because i couldn't <laughs> play with other girls because i never had panties so now Olé. with the issue of menstruation even if i had something to manage my period i couldn't because i didn't have even panties that could hold the pad so now uh, every time no. it happened i couldn't go to school so i just had to go and hide in maize plantation Okay. So that was really, uh, okay, a, okay. really a big challenge for me. And were you not seeing similar thing happening to your friends, your age mates at, at around the same time? I mean around, you know, that age. Mm, 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 I think for me it started very early before the other. At 9, 10, I was the only one who was going through that period it was to the rest oh i see but later on it it took you about a year to realize what was happening yeah it took me like uh 6 months yeah. and then i think the 7th the 7th month is when i another man somebody uh, uh someone ambayo was a man who mm. called me and sat me down and mm. gave me the pads Gave mm. me the soap and gave me a pair of panties and showed mm. me how it's supposed to be done. So it is mm. a man who sat me down and explained to me what was happening to me. 
are you related to this man no 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 i mean in fact he was he was uh, a shopkeeper mm. from, he was a kikuyu man from kiambu and they were mm. having a shop at All right. our village okay yeah, so i had taken my sibling to go and breastfeed and he mm. saw me and i was and sat me on the chair and he talked to yeah. me and he gave me the pad and asked me how to go and use them so these are the re- reusable pads no 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 by then he, they, we, they were just normal disposable pads so what happened after that now after that you learned uh, what happened the following months and so on hey, that was heaven because uh, after he showed me he yeah. asked me every time to come every time my period comes to come and take from more. the shop so for the first time yeah so for the first time in many times i was able to wear a panty and uh, it felt so mm. good i had the pad i went home because he he gave me uh, a, a piece mm. of soap and uh and, and uh, some oil so when i went home i was happy because i was able to take a good shower Mm. I showered very nicely and I had some beautiful panties and I was able to do whatever he told me to do. Mm. So the next month it was uh, very comfortable yeah. because I went and he gave me more. So after one after around 3 months he was like now that you are comfortable and you know how to use the panties and the pads and mm. everything now I also need some, something in mm. exchange. So now that is where we started uh, having sex with me in exchange of the past. Serious at that age. Yeah, at that age. So at age 12, mm. uh my mother said that I was getting very comfortable mm. because I was no longer messy. I was no longer like I was not messy now mm. because I had the pads and everything. Mm. And uh when she realized that I was really comfortable, mm. he started really mistreating me. Mm. And uh by that time he had a baby. So I was asked to stop going to school so that I could take care of the baby at home. You how old were you by then? Uh by then I was 13 years. 13 years. So um did you go back to school after that? Or what happened? No, I I didn't go back to school because I felt a lot of shame. I felt a lot of harassment from other girls. <clears throat> like uh wherever I took my clothes, <clears throat> they could run uh start pointing at me and then you know since I didn't have panties <clears throat> and I didn't wash myself, uh lies were following me. <clears throat> no. So I was like What what I was like a dead thing. What what, what I'm asking, yeah? after yeah. you stayed home to look to take care of your of your of your you know sibling your sister i mean you, your mother child yes. did you ever go back yes. to school after that no i didn't go back to school oh. i went i in fact didn't went i didn't go back to school mm. i after some time i left home and i went to nairobi to look for work how old were you I was still 13 heading to 14. So you came to Nairobi when you were 14. Almost 14. Mm. 
not exactly 14 but i think 14. Yes, and you have been in nairobi all that time although you normally go home once in a while yeah i've been in nairobi all that time but uh, now i just visit once in a while but uh, most of the time i was in nairobi so between the time you came to nairobi and uh, you learned how how did you learn how do you start learning how to or how what kind of training did you get or did you just go start working as a maid or what happened so uh when, uh, when i was at home i got somebody who wanted an employee mm. who wanted to somebody to take care of the children in nairobi mm. so i came with the pastor mm. nairobi mm. so when i came to nairobi uh i couldn't meet the standard of nairobi mm. because you know in oshago i could go to the river i could fetch water i could mm. do uh home choruses but mm. when i came to nairobi i had mm. to mop the house i had to use the garden, which i don't know mm. i had to flush the toilet which i don't know mm. so actually i was not meeting any standards of nairobi so what happened why and, you... uh, that is when it became Ah it was really bad because the the lady was so annoyed I was I was a child I was not even meeting any standard so they tried for two three months two? but I couldn't get you couldn't learn three months they were trying to train me mm. yeah I couldn't I wasn't a, so okay to make to make to, to make so to, to make to make the long short the long story short what happened after that did they send you back home or you got somebody else or what I wasn't sent home I was sent away I was sent out of the house Hello. so I went looking for another yes at 14 yes at 14 now I was sent yeah. out of the house I wasn't paid because I wasn't I didn't produce yeah. the work so I went and looked for another, I went and looked for another job mm. which I got but still the standard was this okay now so uh, in the second Yeah. Okay, go ahead. I was asking you you work for several people. When when eventually did you learn how to do the machine? I mean the sewing. Okay, the sewing I learned in uh 20 20 14 uh the sewing I learned in 20 mm. around 20 89 i think around 18 1989 and i just used to learn small skills on the sewing but uh, the parts, i went you? to uganda to learn did somebody send you for uh, i was sent yes somebody i got somebody, for i met a lady in the... yes i got i met mm-hmm. a lady by the name Kerry Grab so she's the one who sent me to uganda mm. to go and learn how to make the parts that was in 2015 okay so you 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 are sent to learn how to make pads yes Among, in 2015 by that time you are already doing other normal other type of sewing yes i was just doing other normal sewing <clears throat> and why how come why, what was the interest why did they why did you decide to be sent to uganda to be taught how to do the sewing of the pads So when I met this lady in the church yeah. she wanted everybody was talking about their story mm. and uh, so she was doing the she's uh, she was doing pads mm. the washable pads in the US. Oh. So she was 
Yeah, so she was asking as uh, the group of five women about mm. our experience with the period. Mm. So the other women were not, uh, they were not comfortable talking about their period. So mm. I was the only one who was able to talk about my period. So and uh, about- when she learned about my yeah, when she learned about my experience and everything, she mm. realized that she was the person I was looking for. Oh. And that is how I connected with her, yes. Okay, so you went, you got trained and you came back and started doing it as a passion. Yes, so I went to Uganda for three weeks. I did it, I got mm. certified and then I came home. Yes. And I was so passionate about it. And yeah. I just came straight away and doing it okay for whom did you start doing them i started doing them at my home and then i started giving them away to <coughs> and to children's home mm. whoever, whoever would try them out i see and they became a success yes it, it has become a successful so where, where did you start giving in the slums area or you anybody you met or how did you start marketing i started doing marketing in the churches mm. and then i started doing house to house mm. i could just go to the house and ask them to try them just try it mm. and i started walking them with them in my bag like if i sit close to somebody in the bus i'll just talk about it i'll go to different churches Chamas, that is mm. how I used to do it. Okay. Yeah. And uh, you left school in, uh, you were, were you in class six or which class were you when you were sent away? Yeah, around class six there. And you learned English because you speak very well, very good English. And if you left school that time, did you or did you go somewhere else where you learned the language? So the problem I have had is that I've had to read a lot of books because ah. every time is like I have to read books, I have to read books so that I could uh, affect the yeah, catch up. And they've done very well. So uh, from uh, the time you arrived in Nairobi at age 14, throughout you, you worked for as a maid until somebody sent you to Uganda to learn how to sew the pads. No, 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 no. Uh, after my second house, uh, mm. I got pregnant. The, the the people in the house impregnated me, which mm. I don't know up to this who impregnated me. And uh, after three months, I started having the the show that I'm pregnant and I was sent away. So I mm. lived, uh, I didn't, I was homeless. So I went and lived on the street of Madare, Apomdango. Mm. Let me ask you. You said you said you said people people in the house. How many were they? Ah, uh, there were like two men and the father of the house. So whoever was available and they wanted to uh, whatever they wanted, they would just get it. So and they I were got forcing you. Know yeah. So mm. I couldn't say who the father of the child. Oh, too bad. So you you you're still with that child now. Yeah, I, I am with her. She's a big girl now. So after that, you went. You what happened after that? You were sent. You, okay, you you became jobless again. And I, tell I us what happened after that. Family. I went to stay on the streets hmm? of Madare because I didn't have anywhere to go. Hmm. So I went and another lady that I used to buy vegetables from, and uh, mm-hmm. she was uh, from my home. 
So I told her that mm. I've lost my job and I mm. don't have anywhere to go. Mm. And uh, she called another girl there. I think she called another girl and say like, "Hey, Injeri, can you give mm. this girl a place to stay?" And mm. uh, they took me home with them and they gave me a cotton and say like, "This is going to be your home." Okay, so from a then I started, Yeah. So mm. from there we started staying and uh, that is how it was. And so your baby came and then what happened? So one day I was uh, going to get water to shower because on mm. the street you don't shower daily. So mm. I was to attend clinic the following day so I had to shower like today. So when mm. I was going to 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 ask for a neighbor who was selling water to give me water. Mm. And, and uh, I met with this You met And this policeman wanted mm. Mm. the policeman. Yeah. So they wanted to arrest me. Wanted to because arrest. they looked at me. Yeah. They looked at me. I looked like a refugee. Mm. I was very young and I was mm. pregnant. So I don't know why they wanted to arrest me because they just hold my hand and say like can you take us home? And I told them I don't mm. have home. Said, you don't mm. take us home, we are going to arrest you. I still have a home. So when they want mm. my hand, that is why when I took them to where mm. I was staying. So I went I took my cotton I mm. I I did it the way you usually do it and I said mm. this is my home. And that policeman <laughs> looked at me and said, yes. He looked at me and said, this Where was it? Langokubwa. Langokubwa. Yeah, Langokubwa. So it was like his Langokubwa is Madara, isn't it? Yes, Madara. Okay, so, so yeah. Yeah, that is how. So after that, after, were you like, arrested? Uh, no, 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 no. He he realized that I was young, I was pregnant, and mm. I was miserable. So he okay. went. Mm. Uh, he came back the following day, and he bought me yeah. um, a mattress, a stove, and some cooking utensils. Wow, and, that's uh, enough. And he was able to rent me like, a small house in Madare. That was mm. very small, but mm. uh, a cotton. Cotton, and yeah. That, and uh, so he got a, a girlfriend. So I ended up being his girlfriend in exchange <laughs> of the house. <laughs> That's interesting. You are still not yet given birth. No, 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 no. In fact, I was almost. I was like. Eight months pregnant. <laughs> okay, you have a very very interesting story. So eventually, how did you get? Uh, yeah, so did he became your boyfriend, and you continued I, after that. Yeah, because he said like in exchange for what he has done for me, he also has to mm. give something. So and okay, then he was, okay. So he talked to <laughs> some of the neighbors that he knew there. And he told yeah. them like this is my girlfriend, and uh, she's mm. due anything. So in case uh, of labor, anything, kindly take her. Yeah, kindly take her to the hostel. <clears throat> and mm. Let me know when you have taken her how, to the hostel. How long did you stay with that girl? Mm, not long, because uh, mm. initially after after one month I got the baby, and mm. then. Uh, After three months, he moved me from Madare to Soweto at Kahawa. There's another Soweto mm. in Kahawa. So he moved me there, and when he moved me there after three months, I never saw him again. 
and mm. that is was really something bad because we have to go back now to Gidurai. Now Gidurai is where I used to go and wash clothes for people in exchange mm. for food and the baby. After he went away, he, got, he was given a transfer. So now I went to Gidurai. Mm-hmm. I used to go to Gidurai to wash clothes for people mm-hmm. and send some money or food. Okay, how old were you now? 18? Now I was 16? Not yet 18. I was now around 16. So between that age and the... When did you meet your husband? uh just between 16 mm. because uh, i met him in one of the houses that i was going to wash clothes okay so after you met him how long did it take before you kind of got married uh when i met him at 16 he realized that i was very young mm. for marriage mm. so he he took me home he took me home to go and stay with his parents mm. and uh, i stayed I stayed home in 2016 because now the baby was around 10 months. Mm. So I stayed there 2016, 2017. Mm. Uh, I came back when it was 2018 when I was now 18 years old. Right. Which home was this? Uh, Western you, Kenya. Uh, oh, Western Kenya. Mm. Yeah, with his family. Mm. Okay so then after you learned how to sew and then you started the project and now you are doing it uh, you said you are doing it commercially now Yes and uh, because I also see you going all, all over places to give to groups and to promote do you also give them for free or do you just sell them No I sell them so the organization that buy from me yeah. and then when they buy I have to go and train them on how to wash mm. and how to use them. What type of yes. organization? What kind of organizations are these? Are uh, different organizations, different mm. ones, but uh, mostly I work with an organization called 100 Humanitarian mm. and then also uh, Days for Girls organization sometimes they buy from me and yeah. uh, anybody can buy from me and then <laughs> I can go and train them on how to use Okay. So a particular pad, for example, I mean how 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 are you how do you package it and for how much do you sell them? Uh we package it for eight liners, two shield, mm-hmm. mm. uh a pair of socks, two panties, towel mm. and a bag. And it costs 1000 shillings and it mm. is going to last again 3 to 4 years. 3 to 4 years. Yes. At how much? A package? At 1000. 1000. So that uh, they keep on reusing and by washing and uh, reusing them. Yes. So oh, oh, all they need to buy is a, all they need to replace is a soap. Yeah. Which need to replace the soap. Yeah. Okay, are there still many problems? I mean, are there still many Oh, let me put this are there still many cases of this kind of the kind of you went through in modern day time yes there's a lot like when you when you sit down with these girls like one on one immediately when you finish teaching them 
they'll come mm. queuing everybody want to tell you their experience and what they are going through when they mm. have their period mm. the challenge is still there Mm. Yeah, the challenge is there and it is still bad even in our modern Nairobi area. So where do you go? Where in Nairobi, for example, do you go talking to them? Uh, I go everywhere. I go to big estates, I go to slums, but mm. mostly I love going, I love going to the slums because that is where of challenges. So I mm. go even back to the, still go to mm. areas uh like to good areas mm. but actually i love <clears throat> go to this okay now now a, a price of 1000 shillings for somebody in the slum might be a lot of money so how do they manage it so in slums yeah. i that is why i said that the organization mm. buy them and then i check them to oh, the I slum see. So when somebody mm. buys them, I take them to the slum and I tell them, this is going to cost a thousand shillings, mm. but for you today it is a gift. Someone has remembered you; it is a yes. gift. But if you are buying it from me, you will pay a thousand oh, shillings, see. so that they understand. Mm. But it is expensive. So in three years, yeah. somebody using the normal parts in three years would they would spend like how much? uh i i i don't know because it will depend with their mm. flow because uh, if they are using the normal mm. part they need to like three packets they need like three packets mm. for for a month because they need to change after every one hour one hour so one this, um uh what would you say then after the challenges you got the, from the beginning up to now uh what what kind of what can you say have been your lessons and achievements uh i would yeah. say the challenges the challenges uh were big because i was able to overcome the shame of menstruation yeah. which was something very uh very mm. painful but now i overcame mm. it i turned it into something like uh, i was in this like a, le- a learning mm. lesson so that i would be able enter the young girls that are going through the same challenges mm. on how to overcome that and how to see the beauty in menstruation mm. i tell girls like uh, even happens to you don't feel bad it means you are mm. healthy when the right time comes for you to have children it means you are healthy so, so now i ask the girls to celebrate mm. their kids so would yeah. you say like many 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 girls are going through the same thing you went through like men taking advantage of them because of this problem yeah it's happening all over the piki piki guys are taking advantage of our young girls so that they could give them mm. money and uh, it is something that really not good okay would you say you regret with what you went through in life or what do you say about it and uh, now i don't regret it now i know they are just mm. lessons for me to pass mm. so that I would be in a good position <clears throat> to understand but, uh, at some point uh, during my early age I really felt so bad like why did God allow us to menstruate ah. like why didn't that to happen but now I look it at it and I smile ah. okay um uh 
I'm just wondering, like, uh, do you have? Uh, it's, 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 it's like we're almost through, but I, I would like to ask you whether you have any final message to people who are listening out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would like to tell people listening out mm-hmm. there that menstruation is real, and the challenges and the shame is mm-hmm. real, and it is facing some of our mm-hmm. girls. And I would like to say that our parents should break the silence around menstruation yeah. and talk about mm. it in their families, in their mm. homes. Like uh, they should not keep silent about it because if parents keep silent around menstruation, yeah. then somebody is going to take advantage of your girl mm. and they are going to tell them about menstruation and they are going to take advantage of their girls, oh. of your girls. Yeah. So let us family mm. like uh if we can celebrate the way we celebrate birthday mm. anniversary yeah let us celebrate uh, 28th of may is usually uh menstrual day 28th? we can celebrate it like i think 28th of may or 28th of march i'll check mm. on it there's mm. a day we celebrate menstruation day. like if you are mm. a father and you have girls in your house mm. take your wife and your daughter out mm. let them just celebrate that day mm. so that uh girls understand that it is not something to be ashamed of mm. it is fact it is something that uh, brings beauty because <laughs> without menstruation we wouldn't be having people in this world it's it true because we have women, yeah we have healthy women who are menstruating that is why we have families so let us okay. family everybody who is here let us celebrate women who are menstruating in your oh i was saying like uh like a time like this when when we have this covid 19 yeah. period has not stopped because mm. of mm. pandemic so we need to celebrate our guys we need to we need to think about those mm. people who are going through menstruation in this time mm. can we reach okay. them okay. how can we be of good help to them so, okay yes yes, yes. Now- Finally, um, uh, you have been, you've seen ups and downs, you've gone up, you've been sad, you've been happy. But maybe you can tell me, what does it take for somebody to be happy? Or to feel good? For me, I feel good when I give a girl a part who could not afford to buy it. Like even mm. if she comes to my, my place of work and mm. tell me about her, about her frustration with menstruation mm. i feel mm. happy when i give her that, knowing that mm. she's not able to pay me back i feel so mm. happy knowing that i put a smile on her life for three to four years that makes okay. me happy really okay, happy and then, that, mm. yeah. okay now finally how can somebody if somebody needed to be in touch with you yes how could they get in touch with you maybe you have an email address or something or how would you want people to get connected to you they can get connected to me through my email address which is uh, christinehamasi@yahoo.com mm. uh they can reach me at facebook which is uh zarel days for girls or christine hamasi sakali at facebook mm. and uh, you can reach me through my phone number which is mm. 0722241757 can you say that again please pole pole um, okay they can reach Let's me the through my, my phone number 0 mm. mm. 
Two. Yeah. Mm. Two, four, one, seven, five, mm. seven. That is my phone oh. number. Okay, thank you very much. So um, we are through and I would like to really thank you very much, Christine, for agreeing to come to Bliss Oasis Africa podcast. And I think our listeners have been very encouraged about the kind of work you do. And uh, our listeners there, you have heard the message. If you have somebody who is menstruating this time or any time, it's time to celebrate them because without that, there'll be no people in the world, isn't it, Christian? Exactly. Exactly. So thank you very much. And I hope to be meeting you very soon elsewhere. Or even here, we might have to invite you again. So thank you very much and God bless you. Thank you so much for the invitation. It was nice talking to you. Okay. Karibu sana. Asante. for staying tuned until the end of this podcast. Please follow us on our Facebook page, Bliss Oasis Africa. The link to our WhatsApp group can also be found on that page. You may also visit our website, www.blissoasis.co.ke. Thank you again and stay tuned for our next week's podcast. Signing off is your host, Patrick Ngugi.